Today on Podcast by the Bay. To feel what people are experiencing gives you the power to predict the next move. That's why I think a lot of people who are good in sales, who are good in public speaking, who could read an audience, they have emotional intelligence. They know what's going on. We are back with our first post-pandemic discussion meetup episode here on Podcast by the Bay. Social media is just helping to kind of reflect the mirror of how people feel. I'm not saying people are bad and evil. I think people are people. All coming up on today's episode of Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Podcast by the Bay is a production of Bay City Communications and is sponsored by Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs. www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com And now, another podcast by the Bay. Okay, welcome to Podcast by the Bay. This is Andre, and we thank you for being here. We thank you for downloading this episode, and we thank you for spreading the word to all your friends out there in podcast land. We definitely appreciate it. And so today we're back. We are back. We are coming back with a discussion meetup. We actually had an in-person discussion meetup at our favorite Tonglor Thai in San Mateo. Uh, and we had uh, some great guests to um, actually join us. And so we're going to get into that in a second. And we just want to say thank you, guys. There's been so much happening with COVID, uh, a lot of transitions, uh, just a lot of uncertainty just in regards to life and society and so many things happening. So we're going to discuss some of those topics today. Um, but we just want to say thank you. Uh, we want to say thank you for staying strong. Um, while we could have done some more, I think, episodes over the Zoom, we do recognize that a lot of people are doing Zooms. There's a lot of conferences and things, and there was a lot of Zoom fatigue, and we felt it as well. I know a lot of us are on Zoom calls all day long, and so coming back into the office, coming back into more of a normal we felt it's time to kind of get back into some broadcasting. So we're we're glad to be here. And so today we're going to do a discussion meetup. We have uh, Patrick. We have uh, myself. We have Phoebe, Alvin, Leonid, Fell, and Hamza. So we have a great group of individuals who are going to bring unique perspectives and to, cr- to try to elevate the discussion from various uh, of their insights. So we definitely appreciate them for t- participating. And if you have any questions, have any feedback, please reach out to us at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. And we're just so excited. We're so so excited to kind of getting back into the groove. I think there's just been so much with the with the, the, the Zoom fatigue and all the conference calls. So we're actually excited to be back and really be in a more interpersonal setting and in, and, and situation. So yes, so without further ado, Here's the discussion meetup on Podcast by the Bay. Stay tuned. Okay, we're live here with Podcast by the Bay. This is right after COVID, COVID-19. This is the second day of freedom for the people in the state of California across the United States. Welcome Podcast by the Bay, producer Andre DeVito, Patrick Sullivan, co-host too. Why don't we go around the table and introduce yourselves? 
Why don't we start here with one of our new people, Phoebe. Phoebe, why don't you tell the podcast where you're from and what your background is? Sure. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Andre. Hey, everybody. I'm Phoebe Renkat, and I currently live in Foster City, but I'm born and raised in New Jersey, and uh, my profession is building communities for customers of companies. Um, great to be here. Hi, my name is Alvin Shah. Um, born and raised in San Francisco and uh, doing database security. Hi, everybody. My name is Andre, and um, I uh, work in healthcare, but I also work in quality projects, and I'm uh, glad to be here and talk about the issues. Hello, my name is Leonid Gitlin. I am a virologist by training and by uh, vocation. Hello there, my name is uh, Hamza Mabruk. Uh, I'm originally from Tunisia, North Africa. Uh, I moved to San Francisco eight years ago, um, and I'm currently a realtor, and I'm uh, happy to be here with everyone. I am uh, Paul Amistad from the great city of San Mateo in Northern California. Uh, I'm involved in a lot of things, but the most important is uh, in the real estate mortgage field, and I volunteer my free time um, with the state of California as a um, engineering board uh, trustee. It's nice to be here. Well, thanks everybody for being here. Now we're going to start with one round of questions. How are we surviving on COVID-19? What did you do with all the time that was lockdown time, computer time, family time? Share with everybody in the audience what was going on for the last 15 months for you. Hey, it's Phoebe. Um, actually, for me, I got way more involved local at the local level in Foster City. Um, I volunteered on a friend's run for council. She didn't end up winning, but I gained some great experience and met some great people. And I'm trying to continue to stay involved. I think it's important. You really can't make complaints if you're not doing something about what's happening. Um, for me, um, not a whole lot different. Just cooking a, at home a lot more. Well, I do feel like the, the whole COVID has changed our society in a lot of ways. Some good, some some bad. Um, we've made a lot of advances, right, in um, science. Uh, the way that we deal with uh, diseases. How, like, how are we... I mean, so there's, so there's been so much happening. I mean, do you guys feel like the advances we made in medicine are going to be sustainable long-term? Do you guys kind of feel that way? Yes. Yes, essentially, a um, uh, major thing that happened is uh, that uh, a new uh, type of vaccines has uh, entered the scene. And uh, the, the mRNA vaccines are here to stay. So that's it. Uh, otherwise, uh, without COVID, they would have taken a much longer time to uh, be approved and so on. Um, so uh, that's it. So yeah, during uh, the year of the pandemic, um, you know, we tried to stay positive, stay healthy, and um, learning new things, new experiences. Uh, I personally uh, got into real estate during COVID, and um, it paid off. Here I am. I'm, uh, I got my license right right when the pandemic is over, and um, my license arrived. Two, approximately two months ago and um, I got my first list in this month so uh, I use it to be productive and stay healthy you know. 
So um, it is it is a kind of a negative thing, but we can always get a positive thing out of it. You know. Well, thanks very much for your input on that. We're going to set another question. <coughs> so now that you've told us what you did, now can you can you tell us what you were thinking of doing now that you're doing that you do, didn't want to do before COVID? So maybe now you want to change careers, or maybe now you want to do some more hobbies, or maybe you want to have some more friends. So what are the new new uh, habits that you have formed since the COVID-15? Um, as I mentioned before, you know, getting more involved locally at the civic and government level and just um, getting out to meet more people. I naturally meet more people because of my personality and my jobs, but um, I want to expand who I meet and be around different people. I think that's how you learn and grow. Um, and just also just being more appreciative of what I have. I actually got really sick. I actually contracted COVID, got really sick and almost died and was on medical leave for four months. So I wasn't even working for six months, and now I'm back. You know, mentally I'm still piecing myself together, but physically I feel stronger than I when I got sick. So. Can you tell us how you got? Yeah, I actually I went back east um, for my husband's dad's funeral, and I didn't get COVID at the funeral. It was actually because I stayed at my mother-in-law's house, and unbeknownst to the person who had COVID, they you know obviously they didn't mean to spread it. Someone had COVID who was in the house visiting, and then it was passed on. So several of us got it. Um, everyone seemed to recover within a few weeks. On um, week four, I was still feverish and had all of the symptoms that they outlined. So it turned out that I also ended up having anemia. Um, no one can confirm whether it was caused by COVID or not, but I just really, there was dark days when I felt like, and I'm a very positive person, I felt like, you know what, maybe this is my time to go. And I was okay with that, strangely. But then when I found out I was getting better, getting back on track, I had a couple surgeries, I was like, I've got to continue to grab life by the horns. It doesn't mean kill myself, push myself so hard, but it means like take the extra time, take extra, extra beat to care um, and become a better version of myself since I did survive that. So That's, a, that's an interesting point because like, do you feel like... like just change your philosophy on life and stuff just how you how you were thinking about things I'm still the same person at the core you know I've always been someone who's like believe in the positive yeah. you know, sometimes people call that like you know what is it Pollyanna and I think that's more of a slur it's like that's a good thing like I want to I'm always looking for the silver lining if I don't see it I want to help create it mm -hmm. so it's always been my way of being um, and I got that from another but I think that's even more so now now that's like a thousand percent my goal is Highlight what is working. Highlight what is positive. It yeah. doesn't mean that you are fake and you don't look at what's not working, but I want to be a maker, not a taker. And I just sure. try to help. Like when I find other makers like people here at the table, I'm attracted to makers because I'm like, we're the ones, maybe we're not going to solve every single problem. Yeah. The goal isn't that. It's to chip away at things that we know can be better. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully other people want to join the ride. So, you know, we don't know. Yeah. Uh, for me, I guess it's more to try to move away from my home. Uh, that's like my new thing to save money and move away just because I learned how horrible my neighbor is. So I have to figure out how to save better.
Now, thanks everybody for your contributions here. We've gone through a lot from the last 15 months. But the main thing we're here to do is to talk about issues, things that are facing us personally, things that are facing us in our cities, our counties, our families, our jobs, our careers, our children. So, the table's open. What do we want to talk about that's on your mind right now that's important that you think we should address? And it maybe came from the forefront because we had all this time on COVID. If we reflect, anything on your mind? Well, yeah. Vaccination. It started off very slowly, then it picked up steam, then it petered out a month ago. Now it's picking up steam because of that lottery. So what does it tell you about vaccinations? People don't trust the science yet. I would say 30 to 40% of the population are very distrustful. They don't have faith in medicine or science. The lure of a lottery is what's bringing them in because of the lure of money. And doesn't money have a lot of say in all this? You know, you bring up a good point. Why do we have to give people money for doing, or take, do, doing something that's going to protect their lives? Why, why do we need to do that? Now, we also look at the science. If you normally have a vaccine for a flu, you may have a 60 to 65% rate of protection. Now, with the vaccines that we're talking about, whether it's Pfizer, Madero, um, or any of the vaccines, they have 85 to 90 percent vaccination reward. So, what holds people back? Why do we need to reward people by money or tickets? Because uh, of the herd immunity. Uh, it's, it's not just for them. That's why. So what you're saying is, is that I think it's a very valid point. Somebody, even if we're giving them something, they're going to protect, by them taking the vaccine, they're going to protect thousands and hundreds of people because they've got the vaccine. Yeah, but, uh, sure. It, essentially, it's not like one person a thousand protects a thousand people, but eventually, the more people will get vaccinated, the less chance the virus has to spread in the community. But let me with your background. Do you feel that we're going to get another booster shot, or do you think that the two shots that we have from either one of these companies, or one Johnson and Johnson, are they going to be enough? So far. Uh, all the variants can be protected uh, against by uh, by the existing vaccines. Uh, even the new strains, like huh? even all the new strains. Yeah. Okay. So far, uh, that does not mean. I think there is a good chance that in the next uh, half a year, a year, five years, we'll see other strains. So eventually, I assume we will need more shots. Uh, at this point, it's not necessary. Okay. Now, but let me ask you guys something, because you're talking about incentivizing people to get the shot. And we all know as a society, we all want herd immunity, right? That's the goal. And we all want, you know, to come back to normal. But isn't what are ways that we can motivate people to, to get the shot? Because it seems to be almost like an ideological choice not to not to get the shot sometimes maybe it's a medical thing but most of the time people just choose not to do it 
and there's an article today, they said the facts are that most of the people who are still getting sick with COVID are the ones who didn't get immunized, you know? So how can we how can we get people to buy to, to buy in? I, I think it's mostly uh, letting them uh, see that the, the, the people who get immunized uh, do not face serious uh, uh, side effects, uh, while people who don't get immunized uh, have a good chance of getting COVID. I mean, it, it's kind of a rational thing, but of course, sometimes you're not dealing with rational thinking. I'm kind of wondering if the Trump campaign has anything to do with not taking the vaccine too, because that really hurt a lot of people as to his own campaign about everything, including the vaccination. Uh, so I think there is a there is a high there is a very high level of uh, distrust among the population uh, towards the, uh, I guess, our elites. Uh, and I think a lot of this distress is very justified. So, uh, unfortunately, it spills over into things like vaccine hesitancy, stuff like that. Uh, we're, now, we're now seeing the thing that's happening as a teacher, and I can tell you this, and I sit on the elementary school board and the high school school board, we've got a situation where parents are not confident in sending their kids back to school. So right now, even though we're doing a few days Zoom, a few days in the classroom, a few days now, we ha only have 30% to 35% of the kids returning to the classroom because the parents aren't confident. Now we have the school teachers that are all vaccine vaccinated now, which is wonderful. But now we have an issue with kids. How do we feel about kids? Kids, and how do we feel about parents? Do our parents' concerns valid? Are they? Is this virus still lingering out there? That their kids in a normal situation going back to school are going to, without a vaccination, or going to have opportunity to get COVID? I mean, I'm a parent of a 12-year-old who goes to middle school, and as soon as we knew the school was reopening up for those who wanted to go back, he wanted to go, we wanted him to go. I mean, I needed him to readjust back to real society that wasn't on a screen, and, you know, um, but I do also respect and empathize with parents who are nervous for whatever reason. Maybe they are immunocompromised or... You know, there's been a distrust of government. Maybe they have been wronged. I don't know. You know, all I can do is focus on my little world and try to be an example, hopefully. I don't have all the answers, but, you know, it's been good for him to be back. You know, it's definitely awkward because my son was telling me that while he was sitting in the live classroom, the teacher was teaching, but she was talking to the Zoom, and it was just awkward. But I'm like, okay, but that's life. Life is awkward. Life can be dangerous. I mean, I could send my son to school, and he could get in an accident right on the way to school. So, you know, not to make it so simple, but if I protect my son so much to the point where he is like this little amoeba that can't do anything, I don't know. I don't think I've done a good job for society. But that's just my take. Andre, you're a parent. Why don't you talk about it? You have some kids, Andre. Well, I, I think uh, she makes a great point, Phoebe, uh, and, and especially in regards to, I think we do, I think us as parents, we try to teach our kids to be individuals and to, you know, be the best in society and just become themselves. We want them to become themselves. And so I think, um, you know, the more we empower them, uh, you know, the best I can, I mean, uh, you know, I, I try to. So um, luckily, 
we didn't have, I mean, we would get a lot of notifications every week or so that there'd be somebody at the school that had COVID. But um, luckily it wasn't like directly affected uh, us. And um, it was interesting because my boy, he's and he's 18, he got vaccinated and then he got super sick, like really sick. And for like four days, so he was like, oh no, we got, I got COVID, I got COVID. And he was coughing and he has a fever and he was just really out. So what happened was we went and got the test and sure enough, he was okay. And then, <laughs> and so he had just gotten a cold at the same, the same day. So it, it just, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I, I think we're, it's different because like in other countries or something, they're still feel like in India, right? They might be feeling the effects because they don't have the supply, right, with the vaccine. So they're in a totally different state. We're coming back to normal, thinking everything, getting back to Houston. But some places, like you can't even, it's still like everywhere. We're so privileged. We can decline a vaccine. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> he would give all of their appendages to have a shot at a vaccine. That's true. And we had some half a million of vaccines that had to expire because we couldn't get them there. Well, we also have people that only want to take one dose. Yeah. And that's right. it. And they think they're good. <laughs> okay, we have another rapid epidemic happening across this country and it probably is globally. And that's gun violence. People dealing with mental illness. Multiple, we had a recent shooting here down at the uh, transit thing in San Jose, uh, killing what, how many? Five people? So what, what's happening with the country? What's happening with mental illness? What's happening with gun control? Is it gun control? Is it mental illness? Um, thank you. How can we how can we get a better handle on it? Every day we're seeing some type of uh, uh, massacre. We've had over 200 massacres since the beginning of this year. Tragedies. It could happen anywhere on a military base. It could happen in a shopping center. It could happen in a school. FedEx. FedEx. Yeah, we yeah. look at FedEx. And a long time ago we had what we called 101 California, which was a massacre of lawyers that people were upset about their divorces. So what's happening? What's happening in America? What's happening? Is it gun control? Is it mental illness? Is it a combination? What's your thoughts? I think I think one of the problems actually for the for the one in uh, San Jose was actually because people were mistreating him. And it, but he also was a very violent person and it was documented uh, of what he was doing at work and and people were scared to even work with them. So then the, the question is, really, did we even have signs before these things happened where we could have prevented it, uh, but we don't. And and sometimes it's because people are mistreated or it is mental illness, but we have signs that point to, yeah, they could have been prevented, but we just didn't do anything about it. So then until, until they kill someone, we just think, oh, it's just them um, just venting. So I, it's hard for us. I, I think it's hard for us to decide um, without like being really psychological about uh, like having a psychologist like examine a person to see what their mental health is like. Because Do we, we don't know. teach mental health in school. We don't teach it. We don't teach mental health in school. You only get help when you get to high school. Actually, when my son was in elementary school, he was part of this program called Soul Shop. 
and it was great. They had people coming in from this company, Soul Shop, and I'm sure there's I'm not affiliated with them, but they did a great job of teaching people to be self-aware, how to t- let people know that maybe someone has wronged you in a way that's not going to go back at them, how to express yourself, how to be accountable when you've hurt somebody else. And I was so impressed. I got to sit in on a couple. They invited parents to observe, and I was like, this is great. This is what should happen early and often. I I personally think it's a combination of a lot of things. Uh, to pull a gun and start shooting at people, you have to be uh, kind of mentally ill or really, really angry, you know. So, uh, mental illness comes from a lot of things. Um, it could be a rough childhood. It could be uh, using drugs, maybe. It could be uh, not just simply not be aware of what is what is a good mental health should be like, you know. So maybe yes, including a class maybe for children to learn about mental health, how to be healthy, how to behave uh, since they're young. And um, do we have a do we have a disconnect with a couple generations here that they spend more time on a computer? And they don't spend the time in a personal relationship with people their own age. Of course, yes. So uh, everything is uh, available right now, nowadays, you know. Computers, PS5s, Nintendos, uh, not like uh, in the older generation, you know, where you only had books and, you know, you only like... Uh, Joy comes from meeting people and just talking, and uh, it was peaceful at that time, you know. So times changed. Uh, everything is available nowadays, um, including guns too. It's, uh, it's very uh, easy to own a gun in America. So, um, but yeah. So um, as I said, it comes from a combination with a lot of things: um, mental illness, uh, the. Uh, the easy way to get to own a gun and uh, yeah anger anger issues you know what I mean so we'll have to find a solution about that well it's a combination of factors I think America is still the greatest country in the world freedom we have all these freedoms that other countries envy us for we don't live in a totalitarian state where you say something bad about the president you're missing the next day and for the rest of your life so this freedom impacts all of us and because we have the right to bear arms through the second amendment isn't it right we have a right to protect our bodies and ourselves from enemies but i think in today's day that was good back in the day of the colonial era when you needed a gun to protect yourself from invading neighbors who wanted to kiss your wife in the face or you know whatever so you have to have a gun to defend your household. But today we don't need guns. What we need is reasonable people. And that starts from schools, from education. And I think that's where we are lacking in education. We're not teaching our kids self-respect and how to protect the rights of others. We're just infringing on everybody's space and calling it our right to do whatever you want. Look at what's happening with uh, the, the, uh, the masks. How people were defying the mask. Yeah. That's my right. I don't need to wear a mask. And what was happening? We 
Well, you bring up a real good issue. One of the things that we found out with the COVID right now, especially in elementary and high school, is a rapid increase in suicide. And the suicide was young girls. Young girls and young boys, but predominantly young teenage girls. So we have some issues here. We have some issues that are far beyond a computer. It's social skills of social assassination of other kids. Kids attacking other kids, belittling them, hiding behind a computer, making them feel isolated. So cyberbullying. Cyber Thank you for the, the uh, cyberbullying. So do we need, do need to change the curriculum a little bit? Well, I think, I think there's something even deeper than that because you're... The basic assumption that all, all people do is say that you have to speak out. But then the problem is some people don't know how to communicate how they feel. And you have to have a way that they can communicate without words. Because that that's a, which which I don't think they teach in school, like how to communicate to people like through a drawing of how they really feel about things when they can't verbalize it or they don't know how to verbalize it or even say the right words that you will understand what they're feeling. Because I know when I was growing up, that was my biggest problem, was they keep asking me, like, whoa, how do you feel? I'm like, I don't know how to say it, but I could draw it for you, but they don't they don't want to see a drawing. They want you to say it. And they're like, well, that's not how I communicate. So I guess I'll just shut up now. That, that's how I always felt. No, that's a great point, Alvin. Um, I think... How do we communicate? How do we listen to each other? Um, I was listening to this TED Talk the other day, and they were talking about, and this was in 2012, and they were talking about how the next generation was going to be so reliant on technology, all the stuff that we talk about a lot, about how the kids are on the phones, they're just addicted to the phones. And, and this lady, she was explaining how that we're becoming so... It's like that's replacing our interaction, right? Um, and we're connected. We're more connected than ever, constantly connected, but we're more alone. And we're not able to convey our true, true human kind of connection through technology. And we're just... And so I feel like they've talked about how the dramatic increase, excuse me, um, of the... You know, the suicides of the of the teenagers and things like that, because of I think the the dependence on these these techn technological items and what other people think. Where we've 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 stopped teaching how to empower each other as far as your individual. Like you are important. You have you you have value. Who cares what anybody else has to say? Believe in yourself. And they're so worried about impressing everybody on, you know, whatever the social media, that that becomes the focus. And so our, the, the people growing up today have lost a lot of that, you know, collaborative you know, skills. Andre, you talk and I talk about emotional intelligence. Why don't we talk about emotional intelligence for a little bit here? Um, that's not the intelligence because you got a degree. It is, it, it, it's not about the hammering nails in. It's the ability to understand people. Some people call it reading people. I don't call it reading people. It's an intelligence that you can work with others from all different. We are doing emotional intelligence right here. We're not fighting. We're not arguing. We're trying to learn from each other. 
but we learn from each other be, because we have that opportunity to communicate. What do you think about emotional intelligence? Well, those with the high emotional intelligence, EI, are ranked uh, at the highest IQ level. I did a uh, research a study on that. And people who could absorb cues around them, who could relate to people around them, they don't need to know quantitative calculus or physics. All they need to do is to perceive the feelings and emotions of people around them. And that is a very high e emotional quotient. To feel what people are experiencing gives you the power to predict the next move. That's why I think a lot of people who are good in sales, who are good in public speaking, who could read an audience, they have emotional intelligence. They know what's going on. But I hate to say it, politicians tend to go with the flow, right? <laughs> and, and when they go with the flow, they lie about it. That big smile on their face. I'm no crook. I'm no crook. But to make to make matters more serious, I think people with emotional intelligence have just been raised right by the right environment. Their parents had it. Their friends had it. They had the right nurturing in school. Their formative years were positive. Now, if you look at kids who had a rough, rough growing up, what do they end up being eventually? Going to jail, going to prison, right? Ending up incarcerated. It's because they lack emotions. They lack the feelings. And that's what white collar Exactly. And that's why we see a lot of violence in America because of that lack of emotional intelligence. But that's my two cents worth based on what I've learned and studied. And you guys probably have a different opinion. Does, any, does anybody else want to talk about emotional intelligence? We're almost about ready. You want to? We want to? Go ahead. Um, I don't think a lot of emotional intelligence actually comes from your environment or anything because sometimes people just lack it when they when they're born because they, they can't yeah because um, you, you just don't know how to react to people because you don't you can't understand what that really means like when I was growing up I couldn't even understand why people cry right because I, I had no I had no idea I just made people cry and I was like I don't know why you're crying, uh, but when you, when I was growing up, I started learning because I asked people, "What does that mean? Like, why are you crying?" And they actually answered me. So I started learning about, oh, that's what it means. Because people used to say that I was very rude all the time because I couldn't I couldn't even see the little uh, emotional things that they were they were kind of hinting at me, and I was like, I, I can't understand it at all. So sometimes. People just can't do it. And they even say that people with higher IQ have less EQ. And then, so they, they lack the, the emotional side. I, I don't think I'm well, one of those. Know, but I think. what you just said, because it's been my experience that you do have emotional intelligence. Now, maybe when you're talking emotional, you're, you're talking about feelings, I get it. Crying or being upset or angry, and maybe you didn't have it. But you do seem to have some type of perception. Now, wh where did you gain the perception of people? Because you have a perception of people. That's been my experience with you. Yeah, it's because after a while, after seeing everyone crying and and being really angry at me, I just wanted to understand why. 
So then I started asking people, and especially my parents, because they hated everything I ever did in life. But um, but then I, when I started trying to understand people more, I just like stopped talking and just try to like analyze people walking down the street, analyze people as I'm eating at a restaurant. Like, how do people communicate, and what do they mean? Because I think from my perspective, it's it's harder for me to understand why someone's happy or sad. But when I get the cues that I've learned, then I start using those cues and say, okay, that's probably what, what they're feeling. So I'll, I'll draw from my, my past experiences of learning how people react to things to say what exactly is happening. Like even, even when I do stand-up comedy, I look at the audience's faces to see if I'm actually hitting them at the right spot to get them to laugh. I have no idea how to even make, like, when I look at people, I'm not sure what's going to make you laugh, but as I talk to you, then I start realizing, oh, your humor is towards like that. So I'll throw a comedy act at you, or like, I throw a joke at you to say, okay, you probably laugh at this one. And that's how I deal with things, because I... It's really hard sometimes. So you you really just said that you do you want oh you were here do you want to come in on it that's good yeah so it, it sounds like you uh, thought that you might be might have been born without emotional intelligence but in fact you were able to learn it would you say that I would think so if if, if you spend the time to learn it I think you could but it's not like natural. Sometimes some some people it's not natural. Like you could you could tell them how you feel and they still won't even understand what that means because they can't feel the same thing. Because EQ would mean that you feel like what what people can um, emotionally feel and react to that because you know how it feels. So are you then saying that you are able to read how people feel, but you don't think you understand why they feel that way? Yeah. Still? Okay. I, I still think so. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of times where people are like, man, I, w I was like messed up. How come you didn't like hug me or something? I was like, I, I didn't know I was supposed to. No. Um, so I'm still like in the process of still learning. But certain times, because I learned it from someone, oh, you should hug them, then, then now I know, okay, I'll go hug them, even I have no idea why, but I'll do it, because I know they need it. You know? Okay, does anybody want to talk about emotional intelligence, because we're going to about wrap up the show, because it, my producer says we got to keep it within 30 or 40 minutes, <laughs> um, but I'm just kidding you, we're, we're freelancing here. Does anybody well, else want to well, talk want about to emotional intelligence? Point. I don't know if this is deals with emotional intelligence, but... It's definitely something that I feel like we are not being emotional present, I think, as a society. I think right now we're so polarized. Technology, I don't know if it's social media. I mean, we see it in national politics. We see it in local politics, how polarized things are and just divisive. There's no in-between. We're not being emotionally connected in any way. We're just, if one person who's shouting the loudest, we all kind of gravitate because everybody's in fear. We're in fear. We're in a fear-based society right now because we can't even speak our minds and have an opinion anymore, right? So what, how, do, how do we fix that? How do we change that? You mentioned social media, and I always use this analogy, like social media, technology, these things are like tofu, right? And for most people, you know, tofu is flavorless. 
right? So when I cook tofu, whether I want to spice it up or have it more mild, fry it or boil it, whatever I want to do, I put into it. I think social media is just helping to kind of reflect the mirror of how people feel. I'm not saying people are bad and evil. I think people are people. But we do make decisions that are bad. We say things that what are they called keyboard gangsters right when I'm on a keyboard <laughs> but what I do is I, I'm not I'm far from perfect you know I manage online communities for a living sometimes I write it and then I delete it but it felt good just to write it or to think it and then I remove it but some people may not really get it that once you put it out there it's not about being afraid of people's opinions it's about this is something that you have to attack that person because yeah. you're not trying to change their mind. So when you're in the thing, when you feel like you're in a like gladiator arena, yeah. you got to take yourself out of the arena because I definitely do feel like that sometimes. Oh, yeah. I feel like, oh yeah, I got something for her. I got something <laughs> for him. And then I'm like, then I'll go complain to my husband or a friend. And then I'm like, you know what? In the bigger scheme of things, if this is the biggest problem I have today, I'm lucky. So I try to think about like, how can I model a behavior? I would like to see more of it myself and others, but I don't know that's something that people can do that, even if you teach them to do that consistently. So the ones that can do that, like me and others, like we have to keep doing that, even if it kills us sometimes. So other people hopefully start to get the idea. Does anybody else want to comment on that? Anyone? Okay, I, first of all, I want to thank everybody for getting together. It's good to see everybody. Um, we will determine whether the audio is audible. It probably will be audible. Um, but I, I want to say a special thanks just for everybody's companies, their views, uh, the food. It, it was wonderful. So I'm. this is Phoebe's first time um, at the gathering. And Phoebe, can you tell us what you liked about it? Or what you didn't like about it? Well, number one, I didn't like... I didn't have anything I didn't like. What I like is that I just got to meet different people that I probably wouldn't have run into day to day. Um, outside of, I already knew Patrick and Andre, but besides <laughs> that, you know, I think it's important. Um, I think it's hard, right? Meeting new people is scary. What if you don't like me? What if you don't agree with me? But I feel like that kind of fear is where I'm learning and growing. So I appreciate, and I just like good food and hanging out with people. So this was cool. Thank you. We're going down the line, so just whatever you want to say. What, what happened? Did you enjoy the gathering? Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed the conversations and the uh, great food. Um, and uh, I, I think kind of put you on the spot there, <laughs> you on the emotional intelligence. Thank you. You're a champ. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, thanks for getting together and just we need to be able to communicate interpersonal and away from the keyboards, the, the social media, the more we can have conversations and listen to each other, I think the more we can move our society forward into just a more collaborative, supportive way. Even if we disagree on ideas and situations, we might not all agree on everything, but we can listen and understand instead of the shouting matches and things like that. So this is what I always enjoy about them, just hearing different perspectives. Absolutely, and uh, I just enjoy the fact that we're back. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And this is your first time too. We got yeah. first time here. This is uh, my first time here at uh, this type place. I'm just kidding. <laughs> my first time uh, meeting these people. I'm uh, friends with Phil, and uh, it's a pleasure of mine to be here around you guys and meeting you. And uh, you know, I, I I'm 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 a learner. Like I I like to listen and learn, and you know, and you, you guys are. Very knowledgeable, knowledgeable people, and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for being here, and 
thank you for sharing your thoughts and uh, your knowledge. Yeah. Well, to everybody in the uh, listening world, I want to thank Patrick and Andre for keeping this podcast alive. I think we've all been worn out by Zoom and WebEx. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it's good to see faces for a change. It's been yes. a year, right, guys? Over a year, yeah. Yeah. Our last one was a Zoom meeting. I remember yeah, that. There we go. Yeah, we should take a photo. We'll have, uh, yeah. But anyway, without further ado, I'd like to turn this back to our man. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And love, sweet love. Thank you for sharing with us a podcast by the day. We appreciate all your forward. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Podcast by the Bay. You can contact us by email at podcastbythebay at gmail.com. Podcast by the Bay is a production of Bay City Communications and is sponsored by Liberty Realty. Liberty Realty, serving the peninsula and surrounding areas since 1986 for all your real estate needs www.liberty-realtyinvestments.com All material and content is property of Podcast by the Bay, but does not necessarily reflect the views of Podcast by the Bay. You can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast by the Bay as our handle, or on Facebook, facebook.com slash podcast by the Bay. And remember, you can listen to any of our episodes anytime on any podcast site. Until next time, stay tuned.